Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge. Welcome to season two, episode 51. And I'm here today with my good friend Armand, and we're going to be talking about a youthful, aware, artful experience. I messed that up, didn't I? I put the word youthful back. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's good to, you know, feel where you come from as a child. So, you know, understanding where you came, you know, like I said, where you came from and your happiness that you had as a child and I feel like we should carry that throughout our throughout yeah. our, our entire life. We should so. strive to be youthful. We exactly. get desperate for it when exactly. we're at the end of our life. Exactly. So uh, let's jump into you a little bit. Tell us, uh, tell us about you. So I was born in Detroit, Michigan, and I uh, was adopted here in Lansing, Michigan, when I was about eight years old. Um, basically, what I've always taken with me is the the artful you know experience i loved basically the art in detroit and i basically tried to bring that here and try to incorporate that with what i'm doing today as a um, multi-artist um and it's it's uh it's definitely taught me a lot um moving from detroit to lansing and being adopted and trying to find a home within who i am and uh, basically bring my heart and mind to its one yeah. aware consciousness. And um, I actually did that when I was about uh, 22. Yeah. 22 is when I really kind of all clicked for me to understand like where I was going with life. Um, I do love the family that I'm with uh, that can, adopted me and whatnot. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, is it a, was it a black family? Was it a white family? Was it a- I was blessed enough to be adopted into a black family. Okay. That's always a question that I get. And that's, it, it makes me giggle because I do understand the indifference that most black children are adopted by, you know, white families or um, alternate ethnic families or whatnot. And, Weirdly enough, I, I, I will say that I, I am blessed to be adopted by my black family and I love them so much. Yeah. And we are very close. And I you know, it's definitely an experience that I love to share. Um my sister actually is one of my biggest fans. We're adopted also. Oh, she's adopted as well. And it's just crazy to think that we are sometimes. It's crazy to think that we're adopted because we're so close and to be like, you have to really show who you are to each other, to people that you actually love, because that's where connections will come closer and closer. And, you know, yeah, that's where the real life experience will start. I feel like that was a cliche question that I gave you. So if yeah. that was, uh, I don't mean no, to offend no, you by all. that. Uh, we, uh, so first of all, my grandkids are running around here today and they, uh, their mother passed of a fentanyl overdose. Oh, no. And so we fostered them for a while and then they were adopted by my uncle. And that whole process was just weird to me. And yeah. it was, it was strange. And then I go back to uh, my great, great grandfather was adopted by a Dutch family, but he was basically kidnapped from a native American family. So oh. adoption is a subject that I, I think is strange. So I didn't mean to uh, no, 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 not uh, at all. 
go too cliche there. I don't know. I love being able to share my experiences. Yeah. Sharing, you know, experience with each other is basically a line of education. So you just educated me on how your family deal, you know, has had well, adoption. So that's well, Amazing. let's educate them about you because I talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah. So um, let's get back to you a little bit. Um, you were talking about at 22, yeah. you kind of put that all together for you. What, what does that mean? So I knew I had a passion with art and I know I had a passion with trying to show genuine love for, you know, what my experience has taught me throughout my life, but it didn't really click to the matter of me loving myself. I was just trying to give all of my love out to the world. And about 22 is when it clicks for me that, wow, I really need to love myself before I can give the world my love. Like, and once that has happened, it's smooth sailing on up from here, from there. Cause I don't know, like the love that you have for yourself can no one else give you. So you really have to like channel in on everything that you like, everything that you dislike to understand what your experience means for you in this lifetime yeah so you know sometimes that that love for yourself can come across as boastful or prideful or egotistical yeah. or cocky or whatever the words i call all those shadows of distraction yes i love it because being like having your ego show out having your jealousy show out those are because things those are either things that you can't accepting yourself or there are things that you're running away from and it's just like what are you scared of you know face those things you're scared of on the other side of fear is just happiness so yeah that's the one thing i've been running with since i've, I've always felt yeah. like people have tried to that take out. that away from each other right yeah. and and it probably is like if i'm jealous that you're doing this. Oh, quit being so prideful. Pride's a sin and all of these things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we need to have pride in what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. That, right. That's a, there's a fulfillment there. How, how did this express for you? For me, within this, honestly, this past year, um, having to face that prideful challenge and kind of, uh, I guess, animosity towards other people's journeys. So like, I've always had this, you know, I've always had this like towards being, you know, dressing up as this fantasy character. I've, you know, I've been in theater and I've always loved playing these characters and whatnot. And I didn't realize how much I honed to be living a life as a drag queen. I did not know I was going to be a drag queen. And one thing I did really like weirdly growing up was dressing up in my you know mom's clothes and putting on makeup or whatever little did she know but <laughs> she knows now she's you're right and uh <laughs> it's just i don't know just doing it now it's just like wow like the little things that i did as a kid not knowing exactly what i was doing but just having genuine fun you know just trying to express whatever it was that i just wanted to do type of thing it's like those are the things that we need to hold on to that make us truly happy and Again, like I said, today now I'm a drag queen. It's one of the best things I've ever decided to do because I share my genuine awareness with people. I share my genuine heart and soul and every you know, number I perform because like there's there's a story in every bit of music and yeah. you know a lot of music speaks to me. So, so uh, you did your your first show here. I don't listen. It seems like so long ago. It was only a week or wow. so ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I did a anti Valentine's Day show. 
uh, here at the Fledge for the first time, my first ever produced drag show. Um, kind of, it was kind of big because of the fact that I literally just started drag this past uh, 2021 in October. Like my first performance was at Ellison under Miss Alicia Moore um, here in Lansing. And uh, it was a Halloween show and I performed a Beyonce song. I really love Beyonce, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And so that just living that experience just taught me that like, wow, like if I, for instance, like that prideful thing, I really broke down that wall of like, you know, I shouldn't be jealous that I see these people do these things and why can't, you know, I have the skill to do these things. Why, why don't I just do it? Like, you know, I could do, bring my own twist to things, bring my own touch to a production world and how I see art and, you know, how I feel like it should be, you know, how just the awareness level of performing. Like I try to bring that to like all of my shows. Like I, I call most of my shows category is because I really want to focus on a certain level of awareness. So for my first show, we did category is uh, anti-Valentine's Day self-love. So all of the performers chose a song based that they felt told a story for them of self-love, self-awareness, and how um, basically you should just love yourself first before you can you know give it to the world type of thing. So, and I really appreciated that everyone knew the assignment. <laughs> That's a big thing for this generation is knowing the assignment. And I'm glad that I'm building a house. I'm building a house called home, which is house of manifestations experience where we're on the road, you know, doing performances, but overall it's going to be the house of manifestations entrepreneurs, um, which is a group of artists who basically are building their life off their arts rather than, you know, I'm basically trying to build a vision of not working under the corporate America, but working with corporate America. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it could be very triggering for some Let's people. Let's tear down okay. corporate America. Right. You know, we're all meant to live a life of our own experience. Like God has that written out for us, whether it is working with corporate America or whether it's without. Like, I don't know how to say this uh, more educatedly, but to my experience, it's either there's helpers or there's uh, leaders. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's. Um, architects and then there's builders yeah and i like to think i'm an architect you know architects kind of have you know their hands on everything they they even go to the sites and make sure that the building is you know how it's supposed to look and if they have to get in their hands on they would type of thing so yeah i think architects have to be a builder yeah and yeah. builders have to be somewhat architect too sure but i thought you know that show was amazing to mm -hmm. me because one, it was very smooth. Like you guys knew what you wanted. You knew what you were going to do. You came in and I hate this word, but you were really professional. You were disciplined about what you were going to do. I think prof professional is a word that's used to oppress, mm -hmm. like to get people to talk like right. a certain way and to right. act a certain way and dress a certain way. But I don't mean it in that way. No, I mean no, it I in the, the discipline way. I like that. And, and Oh, honestly, all that comes from honestly all my job experiences because I used to work at a banquet hall where we used to plan out events, put events together, you know, decorate the rooms, tear them down. And like that's one job that really taught me how to know how to set up, you know, events. So mm -hmm. like I really do appreciate that to the University Club of MSU. Um, and just the 
I guess the discipline level of timing comes from honestly one of my recent jobs working at a salon with uh, some great, great artists, uh, the artisan company. Um, just knowing how to understand timing and understand uh, your time limit, you know, understand how to work with it and get through it in a consistent manner. So that that has taught me a lot. So. You know, we never know whether to look at the camera or whatever. So I've been yeah. looking at you I've for been most of this conversation. Kind of um, and the reason I bring that up is because you have had a big smile on your face this entire conversation. Was there a time there where you went through this figuring out period where the smile wasn't there? Oh, yeah. I actually I used to hate my smile. I actually have a fake tooth. Listen, so there's there's there was off. There was always. Um, a lot of insecurity behind me smiling honestly every day but now you can't get me to stop smiling and i love that because like it just shows the i guess the genuine light in someone like mm -hmm. your eyes are the keys you know to your soul and then like the smile is just the the light behind it all type of thing so you you look like to me somebody who is full of hope and oh, yeah. who has big dreams oh, yeah. that you believe <laughs> yeah. that are they're, they've already happened. It's just well, waiting for them to catch up with yeah, time or something. Exactly. That, that has never been reciprocated to me. Wow, yes. It's like that one, it's like you have a dream of, like you go to bed and you have this like fantasy dream about something. Like, oh my gosh, like you're flying over the moon and you know, you're doing these things, but then you wake up and you're like, oh, that's never going to happen. Those doubts need to go out the window. That's that's one thing I've learned. Get rid of them because you can one day become an astronaut flying over the moon. You can do something like when I have a very good friend who's actually studying. Um, she's actually going back to school to study medicine. So she is a massage therapist right now. She never would have thought that she would have been going to space. But now that she's she's literally cracked her own matrix of what's holding, you know, what's holding the individual back from their biggest dreams. And she is going back to school for medicine so she can actually give massages in space to be able to do more than just the body you know we're we can only go so far so she wants to basically expand that she's trying to help expand our leverage into space and that's amazing so like yeah. that's one thing i've done for myself is i cracked my matrix on basically my doubts and my self-inflictions on what's holding me back and now i'm on full-fledged run for whatever my imagination takes me were you were you pressured by others to have those doubts oh yes oh yeah so there's always like there's always darkness where there's light so no matter you know how much you shine you're gonna there's still gonna be those distractions that try to get at you so like just growing up um sometimes you know just the questions of like is that right for you like or do you know what you're doing or um don't do this because that's part of you know that's not what's supposed to happen like just people's opinions on reality being put into your your space your energy is just it's very powerful sometimes so yeah like i had a lot of you know makeups for girls why are you doing that like my family has never really questioned me like that like they there's you know everybody has their own reality of life and yes it was hard you know for me to come out and actually be comfortable with who I was at first. And even though my family accepted me, like I said, again, I had to love myself first. I have to, you know, realize that they were loving me. They were trying to do their best to accept me as who I was. And I just didn't see that at first. And yeah, so there was a lot of like 
I guess, distractions of how people perceive me that really held me back. And that's one thing I really want to get out there is ignore those, ignore that. Like, whatever you can't control, you should not worry about. Leave that to the power of the universe, the power of God, whatever you believe in, because... Stephen Stephen Covey, I don't mean to bring another professional corporate thing in, but the seven habits of highly effective people, he talks about you've got this circle of influence and you have a circle of concern. And then there's, I call it the circle of apathy. Like, I don't even care. Whatever they want to do, screw them. But working within that circle of influence is what's important. You can't change somebody who doesn't want to change. Like kids are dicks when it comes to the queer experience, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your friend on the side, and I don't know if you want your name said, but (laughs) who who went to Grand Ledge, and that must have been a nightmare because Grand Ledge kids are, sorry all you Grand Ledge kids, but some of you are dicks, man. And uh, there's a really unaware consciousness that floats around certain areas, you know, where there's not a lot of diversity, I feel. Mm-hmm. So when there's light beings of diversity that come into play, it's like you don't know what to do with it. It's like given almost, it's like you're giving putty that's glowing, and you're like, what do I do with it? Yeah. And then they start poking at it instead of actually embracing it, and you know, yeah. Wow, poking never it with a stick that. and hitting it. And, like um, <laughs> so you and I have talked a little bit before, and we we used the term queer experience earlier today. I want to, and, and I don't know if uh, I, this is a word that I'm not sure that people use anymore, but does, does being a drag queen and the queer experience, does, is, what is, does the drag queen and sexual orientation, and that's the phrase, I don't know, is that the right phrase anymore? No. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, are they correlated? Are they different? Like, is every drag queen gay? Is every drag queen, you know, let's... I'm so I, glad you asked that question. No, actually, to my knowledge, not every drag queen is of the LGBTQIA spectrum. Some of, some drag queens are allies and mm-hmm. who are straight, you know, straight um, heterosexual. And it's it's uh being part of the drag world is kind of boundless like we have like i know that there's trans kings and trans queens and there's uh straight kings and there's straight queens and and um it's just drag is just a form of art it's just a form of expression a form of you know inner being of experience like for me as a drag queen, I perceive as the persona of Mother Aurora Manifesto. And where that comes from is I'm a mama's boy. Like I love my mom and I, I love the way she took care of me. And I love the way that she was real with everything and that she, you know, taught me how to be aware basically. Because like I said, when everything clicked, it clicked. Like the world turned on and I was like, okay, we know what we doing now. Like it was just, it was, it was, you know, definitely a life-changing experience to uh, understand how my femininity could be channeled into Aurora and how um, that was basically my outlet. Like, I'm androgynous as a daily person, but um, to really understand that next level of uh, persona that 
is a character that lives within all of us. Like, you know, we all have a personality that like shows our funny side, our sassy side, you know, all this and that. But like to build a character out of it is kind of fun. You know, it makes it it makes it yours. So I understand why um, drag is kind of a question thing around the world, too. Is it is it for everyone? Is it for everyone? Absolutely. Just like anybody could paint. Anybody could paint a canvas and call it their art. Anybody could paint a face and call it their art. And that's exactly what drag is for me, basically, is my art. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. From fourth grade till probably when I was 50 years old, mm -hmm. if I dressed up for Halloween, I dressed in drag. That's awesome. <laughs> Every year. I mean, if the whole family dressed up in the Wizard of Oz, I was the <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West. Um, yeah. I remember that photo stuck in my That's head awesome. right now. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you would know who Geraldine was. Uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Flip Wilson played this character um, on uh, Laughing. I think the show was called back in the seventies. Yeah, and because the name was so close to my name, I said, that's who I'm going to be um, for Halloween. And I did stop short. I did not go in blackface because okay. my parents were smart <laughs> um, and taught me a lot of good things, yeah. but I had a pearl necklace and I remember my pearl necklace broke and they oh. went all over the floor at school. Uh -huh. And I was horrified that, oh. but they were fake pearls. I didn't know it and all of that. So, uh, but that, and I'm the reason that I'm bringing that up is because it was always so fun. Mm -hmm. One to just do it and to like tell everyone, "Fuck right. you." Yeah, yeah. I mean, Halloween that was, was the gateway. Like, literally, people know. Um, the care, like, when your parents weren't dressing you, every costume that you picked out for yourself is a part of your personality. It's a part of that inner character that you're trying to portray for your life. Like, um, I've got like, I've the costumes I picked out have been like rock stars and like, uh, I was a girl, like being rock star girl for Halloween. And like, look, like I said, look what I'm doing now. I'm a drag queen. <laughs> so like, and my drag is very, you know, rock star grunge, but very, you know, glamorous at the same time. So yeah. And you knew this though when you were little though too that there was something there when yeah well yeah, you, you might have exactly met consciously yeah yeah because I mean like I said there was distractions that led me to other things which I do have passions in like music like school has led me to do music and have a passion for you know playing instruments and singing and um, being part of a you know band and group and whatnot so like I do have passions in that and I do I am pursuing them you know a little bit with producing drag shows and whatnot. And I do plan on getting into music and I still have my clarinet. <laughs> so like, you know, um, but again, like dressing up and what, I never really thought that I could use that as a life path. So. Do you, uh, you know who Marsha P. Johnson is, right? Oh, yes. We've talked oh, yes. um, about her before. Mm -hmm. And she was such a hero mm -hmm. to not just the LBGTQI plus rights, but also the civil rights that yeah. were happening at the same time. And yeah. now I, I'm drawing the blank on the riots uh, in uh, New York in the 70s. Uh, what were they called? Anyways, yeah. someone will put it on the screen, no, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, but such a transformative person, such yeah. a powerful person. Do you find that because you went through that this transformation or you're going through this transformation that you have 
a lot more strength than maybe honestly honestly yes because i don't all those movements were basically inspirations for me to take on these challenges of awareness like i'm really one like i'm really good i know some of the things i'm going to tackle are going to be controversial to some communities and i can't help that it's just a level of awareness that i brought myself to of everyone being equal everyone sharing the same energy that keeps us alive like it's just i don't know yeah so we we yeah. talked a little bit about the spectrum, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? I mean, you've got I don't know where where all of the colors right. are and all of that in the spectrum, but at some level we're all on the spectrum in dealing with our our masculinity and our feminine femininity. No. Can you say that word? Because I can't say that word. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know how sometimes I think the you know, the, the guys that are standing there in the football uniform right. and like, oh, I'm, you know, the, whatever they say, right. you know, that part of it is they realize they're in that spectrum and they're, it scares them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what do you, how do we talk to the community about, Hey man, we're just, all just trying to do our thing. Right. We're all just trying to live life. Like just, you know, if you're afraid of it, face it. Cause on the other side of fear is happiness, like I said earlier. So, and like, I don't know, the there's like a masculine level of being afraid to share who you are type of thing. And that boundary really has to be broken down. Like, that's one thing that I had, that's one thing that's been a challenge for me is to break down that, you know, wall of not showing who I am, not being afraid to express my emotions and feelings and you know, just say how I feel about certain things and understanding another experience and another person's, you know, feelings and emotions. And not many men are apt to do that. So yeah. once you do that, there's going to be a lot of things answered and, you know, and understood. That, that kind of toxic mas masculinity that happens in that space, you know, it, it constricts our brain. Yeah. Right. If yeah. you don't do what you're doing right now, then you're you're really limiting your thoughts, your creativity, and all of that. And it collectively, you know, there's about eight people in this building right now. We have a bigger brain when we're different. When yeah, you're doing yeah. your thing and I'm doing my thing and they're doing their thing, yeah. our brain gets bigger. But when we try to contract it into these social norms that shouldn't be social norms, it makes that brain smaller. Yeah. So to me. You know, like when you said, can I do this? I was like, fuck yeah, let's do awesome. this because it, it was going to make our brain bigger. Yeah, and, I, going, and I've yeah. learned and I've learned just from the one show I've had. I've learned so much already that is going to take me farther in the next one. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about your 420 event in a minute. But are, did we forget to talk about anything else besides um, that? I don't, there was nothing really that I wanted to touch touch on. It was just like just talking, you know, sharing yeah. my experience. Yeah. So let's talk about the 420 event. Tell us about that. So, um, and you might I have to say about, when is it because some right. people might not know. <laughs> so our 420 event is um, April 20th, 2022, um, here at the Fledge. It's going to be a 9 p.m. event, a little late in the day, but you know that's okay. We can come and hang out and we're gonna you know share a little bit of education about um what uh weed has you know marijuana has helped do for 
um, the world and how long it's been around. I'm going to do a soft correct on you. Yeah. Cannabis. Cannabis. Because if we use marijuana, it's a racist <laughs> term that we're trying to get away from oh. because it was used to uh, kind of discredit the, the Mexicans that were smoking marijuana. So they would use that word. And even the state of Michigan, shout out to them. They're changing the regulatory from the marijuana regulatory agency to the cannabis regulatory agency, because okay. it is, it's a racist term that we're trying to get rid of. Wow. So, so you know, something new. No, thank we're you. all still thank learning. You for that. Yeah, um, thank you. So now back to that event though, what, what would people expect? Is everyone going to be getting high and all that? Or is it? Well, those who like to take part, those who can responsibly understand what cannabis does for them. Yes. You're welcome to take part, but, um, and if not, that's okay. But we're still going to, you know, have a little show based around the uh, celebration of the cannabis plant and how, again, it's helped our world. So um, it's a cure-all, everybody. Yeah, it definitely is a cure. Listen, cannabis brings people together. <laughs> so you'll be putting out some flyers. So gonna, yeah, and we're going to have flyers out. We're going to have people talking about it. There's going to be nine different arts uh, being performed um, more than just drag queens. So if you guys want to hear some, you know, music, some good soulful um, Lansing written music, come out and celebrate with us. It'll be, it'll be great. And, it, and it's required that you all are on this spectrum that we've been talking about. But guess what? You all are on this yeah, spectrum every, already. Every, so every human, every, every human, human is welcome. Human, right? human night, whether you're purple, green, yellow, I don't care. You're welcome. Hey, there's a Prince song in there somewhere, right? <laughs> purple, right? <laughs> no, it's uh, black, white, Puerto Rican. Everybody's just a freaking. No. <laughs> but he, then he goes into yellow, brown. Nice. So, what what's something that something simple that we could say to people that if they just changed or tweaked or did a little bit more, it helps all of us start to have this smile that um, is the realization of who what our purpose is really. Just lead into love with everything you can. Um, so if you lead in literally, like I've been trying to lead into love with everything I do, whether it's a conversation, whether it's a action of uh, my life. So like, you know, waking up in the morning and starting my day with love, loving myself by starting an intention to, you know, set out for the day, um, leading with love and situations even though it might be uncomfortable but you learn something new when you lead with love um just yeah leading life with love and if the love doesn't connect then it's not for you type of thing so like if it feels bad go the other way do something else yeah. love will always win and i'm never comfortable until i'm uncomfortable that part. i hate being or being comfortable yeah i mean yeah. it just I you're think not living wrong. if you're comfortable yeah yeah hey thank you so much for coming on and telling yeah, the story thank you so much for having me all right so 420 april 20th look for the flyers uh the house of manifestation is there an e uh, yes, the House of Manifestations experience, but you can find me on Facebook at Aurora Manifesto. All right.
Love y'all. We'll see you tomorrow. That's a wrap for another every damn day. Thank you so very much. And we'll see y'all later.